Turn in your Bibles to Joshua, Joshua chapter 7. I'll give you a little time to turn back there. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. So it's the sixth book in the Old Testament, and it's a famous book because Joshua was the man that led the nation of Israel into, into uh, uh, basically crossed over, fought about Jericho, and went on in and took, conquered the land. So we're looking at this, and we're seeing temptation. Uh, temptation is a study I think we all need because we're all facing it all the time. Realize there'll either be victory or failure. And when you think about it, just remember, we realize that we are fallen people in a fallen world. So it was not give us an excuse. And we don't have an excuse to say, well, I'm going to automatically sin because that's just the way it is. We choose to sin, but we are in a, in a tough situation because it is a fallen world and we are fallen people. Last time, we saw, we saw this, progress, this process or progress of temptation, either how you want to say it, and uh, we saw Eve in the garden, and we saw what happened to her. But this morning, we're going to just touch on that, but then we're going to see two more areas, and we'll see it. And we're raising the big three questions as we do our study. What is temptation? Where does it come from? And how do we deal with it? Well, this morning, the process of temptation. And I'm going to give you the two stories. One is a man by the name of Achan. That's in Joshua chapter 7. And then the other one is the famous one, uh, David. And we're going to talk about him. We're just going to barely get on, get touch on him because next week we'll spend more time on that. So we'll see the pattern and, and all of those things. Well, let's talk about temptation for a second. And this is a, a truth that most people want to be delivered from temptation but would like to keep in touch. I mean, that you know, you you. you I want to have, yeah, I want to be tempted, but, you know, I want to have victory, but I don't want to lose any temptations. But, you know, you just kind of want to keep in touch with it. The truth is that temptation <clears throat> is something we all deal with. And, and remember we said this, that the trouble with opportunity is that it only knocks, but temptation kicks down the door. And it's really true. Because when temptations come, we live in a fallen world. We're fallen. We're born into this world dead and trespasses and sins. We have the natural bent to do wrong. So how in the world... <clears throat> can we live a life that is glorifying to God in this situation? Because if I ask all of you, if I said, how many of you, let's just say yesterday, you don't have to raise your hands, if I said, how many of you were tempted yesterday in some way? I think every hand would go up. Every hand would go up. Charlene raised two hands. So I, I'm not sure why. But anyway, it's true. And then we'd have to say the next part. So how did you respond? How did we respond to the temptation? And so this is, this is the, the, the thing. In fact, two things can happen when we're tempted. Number one, we can yield to the temptation. That's the fall. In James chapter 1, he talks about that we're, you know, we're tempted and tempted uh, by our flesh, and then we, give, uh, we, we fall into it, and then we sin, and sin equals to death. And so we can yield to the temptation, and we can fall, or we can gain the victory. And that's, that's, sometimes we say, as Paul would say sometimes, uh, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. What a wretched person we are. And sometimes we would say, listen, I get tempted, and then I fall, and I, don't, I, don't, I didn't want to fall. I don't know why I fell. And then sometimes you gain the victory. So as we look at it, we're raising those questions this morning, and we know the answers to them, at least the first two for sure. Uh, what is temptation? Where does it come from? So what is temptation? It's the what? It's the pull to do wrong. And it's not necessarily sin, because the question is, is temptation sin? No, the pull to do wrong is not the same as doing wrong. If we're tempted to do something, that doesn't mean that we're sinning. But there's a progress there and a process there. And so we've looked at it. We then raise the next question, where in the world does temptation come from? It comes from the devil, the world, and the flesh. And now this is the battle. And when we talk about enemies, we've got to realize people aren't the enemy. 
Uh, the devil uses people, and so sometimes we think they're the enemy, but they're not. But there's the devil, the world, and the flesh. When we think about the devil, the devil is a fallen angel. He, he is uh, overseeing this world. He's like a roaring lion. He tries to destroy us. Listen, you, you, we have no conception of how evil Satan is and how he would like to destroy you. Now, if you decide that you want to live for Christ, he will try to destroy you. Because if you're just going through the motions, he didn't care. He didn't care anything about you because you're not doing anything. But once you say, I'm going to live for Christ, I'm going to give the message of salvation that is faith alone, Christ alone, plus nothing, you're going to be up for attack right there. So he controls. The devil is this fallen angel. He wants you to doubt God's love and doubt God's word. That's what he wants you to do. Doubt God's love, doubt God's word. Then there's the world, and the world is the fallen system under the control of Satan. Uh, there's the desires and the dreams and the pulls of the world, and it's just there. And it's there all the time. And as you've heard me say many times, if you're not consciously, if you're not consciously being transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the Word of God, you will unconsciously be conformed to the world. Just going to happen. The third part's the flesh, and that's us. That's, we come into this world dead and trespasses and sins. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray each one our own way. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's not one who seeks after God. Romans seven eighteen says that inside of us that there's sin, there's, there's evil. And so we don't teach each other to sin. We naturally sin. We naturally, when temptation comes, we naturally, I mean, it, naturally we would follow every temptation. Every temptation that comes, you'd follow it naturally. If you do what comes natural, you will follow every temptation. And sin. But we can't live a natural life. We have to live a supernatural life. So when we think about sin, there is a progression to it. And we saw a pattern. And uh, we saw it. We see something. We desire something. We take something. And we hide it. So, listen, here's the deal. We see it. We want it. We do it. We hide it. None of us would want any of the sins we did yesterday or the day before or two weeks ago. None of us would want to come up here, have a board, and say, would you write your top three sins for the last week? You would not want to put those up there because what we want to do is what? We, want to, we don't want people to know about it. Last time we looked at Eve, and what did we see? She saw the fruit. She desired the fruit. She said it was good. Look, it, she took the fruit, and then they hid. Now, this progression you're going to experience in your life all the time. You're going to see something, which whatever, whatever, how it's coming, it's affecting you in one way. You're going to desire it, want it, you're going to do it, and then you're going to hide it. And so this morning, we're going to look at a man named Achan. And he was Achan in this show, in this story, because this is Joshua chapter 7. And if you're in, I hope you're turned there. And I want, to, I want you to understand something. They, they had a great victory. They had a great victory, and as they got, as they defeated the, this is the, the battle of Jericho, God told them, when you go into the city, don't touch any of the stuff. He says, we call it under a ban. Under a ban meant that it belonged to God, it didn't belong to people. And a man by the name of Achan, when he went into the land, and they had the great victory, he saw some stuff, like a Babylonian garment and something else, and, so, and he said, I see that. Man, I really like that. I think I'm going to get it. And then I'm going to hide it in my tent. He did exactly the progression. And so when we get to Joshua chapter 7, uh, we're going to find that they, they, uh, they have a problem. And they don't even know they have a problem. 
because Joshua's over there as the leader going, what, what a victory. Everybody's clapping and cheering. They had a great victory. And, and they're about to go take, and there's, there's another little bitty town. It's called Ai, spelled A-I. And, and there's a little town. They decide they're going to go get it. And it's not very big. And so they say, let's just get a few people and go over there and whip them. And they go over there and they get whipped. They've just defeated the biggest city in that area, Jericho, with the walls. And they go to this little bitty place and they get defeated. And everybody's coming back and they're all crying and mad and everything. And they're trying to figure out what went on. But look at chapter 7. Look at verse 1 because God tells us what happened before they went to the battle. Notice, but the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. Now, what's it mean, something under the ban? It belongs to God, doesn't belong to people. But this man for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, uh, Zabdi, and then he lists his whole family. He's from the tribe of Judah. Look what it says. Took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord let me turn the page, burned against the sons of Israel. Let me just say something that we don't always think about. Whenever we sin, it doesn't just affect who? It doesn't just affect who? It doesn't just affect you. It can affect your family. It can affect friends. It can affect a lot of things. It's gonna, this, is, this sin from Achan is going to affect the entire nation. Because look what the next verse says. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, or to Ai, and some people say it Ai, uh, which is near Beth Haven, east of Bethel. Go spy it out. They go spy it out. And they said, came back and said, oh, there's just a few people. We don't, we don't even need to go uh, send a lot. So verse 4 says, send about 3,000 people from up there, and they fled from the men of Ai. They, they whipped them. And they came back, and everybody, Joshua tore his clothes, and they were all sad. And Joshua said to the Lord, why did you send us out here? We're going to get destroyed by all these people. They're going to come get us. And the Lord said in verse 10, get up, Joshua. Why is it you falling on your face? And then he says the key. Israel has sinned, and they have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have even taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they also put things among their own, put, put them among their own things. So he says, they did what I told them not to do. They took some of the stuff and then they hid it among their own stuff. They've sinned and transgressed. Now, who did it? How many people are there, by the way? You have any idea how many people there are? There's about two million. Okay, how you going to find? Now, it wasn't two men fighting. It was the fighting men. At one point, they counted there were 605,000 fighting men. So they've got all these men who fought, who had the chance to steal, so to speak. And how are they going to find out who it is? So they cast lots. And God is, a, is casting the lots. And so look what it says, verse 16. So Joshua rose up early in the morning, brought Israel near by tribes, and, the tri and they cast lots. And what tribe was picked? The tribe of Judah. What tribe is this Achan guy from? Anybody know? Is a question? Oh, thunder. Oh. The thunder don't play till this afternoon. I think, no, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. So they cast, they cast lots, and the tribe of Judah was taken, and they cast it all the way down. And it comes all the way down. Verse 18, they brought him by household, by man to man, and Achan from the tribe of Judah was taken. He can't hide. He can't hide. 
In fact, Achan was chosen by lot. They kept it all out. And Joshua said to Achan, My son, I implore you, give glory to God, to the Lord, the God of Israel. Give praise to him. Tell us what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Tell us what happened. Now, before we look at this, tell me the pattern again. What is it? So you see it? You want it? You take it? You hide it. Look at the next verse. So Achan answered, And said, truly I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did. Y'all tell me what it is. When I, what does it say? I saw the spoil, among the spoil, a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold in weight. Then I what? Coveted them. What does that mean? Desire. You want it. That means to desire. So I've seen it. I've desired it. And then what? Took them. And behold, they are where? concealed in the earth inside my tent. So what did he say? He said, I saw it, I wanted it, I took it, I hid it. Is that the pattern? When you see it, what do you do? You, you're attracted. You, you want it. You do it. And then you don't want anybody else to know. The pattern. Saw, desired, took, hid. Now, I, don't, you know, I hate to talk about what happened to him, but it was not a, not a very happy thing. Um, that was the end of him, let's just put it that way. Now, what we see is when temptation comes, you see the pattern. What did Eve do? Saw it, desired it, took it, hid it. What did Achan do? Saw, desired it, coveted it, took it, and hid it. Now, we got to fight five or six more minutes, maybe ten minutes, and I want you to see one more. And we're just going to touch on this, and we're going to go to the details next week. And I want you to turn to Second Samuel Chapter 11. So you're in Joshua and then Judges and 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. Of course, Ruth is in there. 2 Samuel. <clears throat> 2 Samuel chapter 11. And we'll see this. And this is my probably my favorite person. Well, it's hard to say favorite person in the Old Testament because I, I always say uh, King David. But then you love Moses and you love Noah and you love Joshua and, and you love Daniel. So it's really hard to say it, but I guess if you're studying David, then he's your favorite at that time, right? And so here's, here's a story that happens in David's life. And uh, when, here's a question. When did David get on fire for God? When do you think? What, say it, say it. When he was a boy. It, listen, he was out. He's taking care of his father's sheep. And, and he'd kill a lion, he'd kill a bear, and he's a boy, and he goes to give food to his brothers who are fighting against the, the Philistines, and they look up, and Goliath comes out, and here's this boy who says, I'll fight the guy. And Saul says, here, take my armor, and he can't wear it. It's way too big for him. He's just a boy. Was he, what did he say? He said to Goliath, you come with me with a short, sword and a shield, and I come in the name of the Lord God of Israel, and I will kill you. Because you made fun of the God of Israel. He's a boy. Now he's a man. Now he's the king of Israel. Do you know when he became king? How old he was when he became king? 30. Yeah. Now, he's the king. And I want to tell you something about those days and time. When they fought, it wasn't like today, necessarily. When it was bad weather, they didn't fight. They said, we'll, we'll fight in the spring. We won't fight in the winter. 
because it's muddy and cold and rainy and everything else. So we'll wait. So notice, look, chapter 11 of 2 Samuel says, Now it happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle. You don't go in the wintertime. You go in the spring. So I put right here, here's David. David is a man after God's own heart. And we're going to see battle. The battle's not in the winter. We're going to see that he's getting ready to fight. David sends Joab. Notice what happened in the spring is when the kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab, Joab is right-hand man, and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbath. Uh, y'all know where this is, Ammon? What's the capital of Jordan? Anybody know the capital of Jordan? Ammon. That's Ammon. Ammon, Jordan is the capital of Jordan. The Ammonites live where the Jordan, Jordanians live. So they're fighting at what's the capital of Jordan today. They're fighting the Ammonites, Ammon, Jordan. But, uh uh-oh, there's a but in here. And a lot of times when there's a but, there's a problem, right? What does it say? But David stayed at Jerusalem. wonder why. David said, oh, it may still be a little muddy. Y'all go on out there and fight. Who Who knows why he stayed? Who knows why he stayed? In fact, if you talk to David, if you could bring him in here right now and say, what's probably the biggest mistake you ever made in your life? And he said, not going off to war. Because if I hadn't gone off to war, if I'd gone off to war, I wouldn't be where I was. The wrong place at the wrong time. Because I'm going to tell you, every one of us in this room, you put us in the wrong place at the wrong time, we're going to do what? The wrong thing. You have to be very careful. And look what happened. Now, when it was evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful in appearance. What did he do? He saw. What's the first step? You see it. He looked out. Now, there's all kinds of things. We're going to talk about this more details next week because I'm just going to touch on this this week, go into details next week. But, okay, David's... David's palace had been there for a long time. Did this woman know that David could see? I mean, he's, he's up and he can look down because his place is at the top of the city. Did she know that David could see her? Did David know that, he, that there was somebody out there? Did, who knows what's going on? And we'll talk more about it next time. But look what it said. He, he saw this woman. So David sent and inquired about this woman. What, what does that mean? He, want, he, want, I want, he wanted her. Who is this woman? Some, send somebody down there. I want to find out who this woman is. Well, the, you're the king, right? What can the king do? Just about anything he wants, or so he thinks. Did you know that every king of Israel was supposed to have their own personal copy of the Word of God that they were to keep with them? Whenever a new guy became king, they gave him a copy of whatever they had up to that time. They all had the first five books. Moses wrote those. So, David has his own Bible. It's not that he could say, I, I don't know anything. No. Look what it says. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And when somebody, this is Bathsheba, a daughter of Elam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sent and did what? What's the word? Anybody know it? Verse 4, David sent messengers and took her. There it is. See, if he'd have just stopped, what if he'd have gone out and said, Mamma mia, right? And then he'd have said, I'm going back inside, right? Because I see it, and I want it. But so far, what's happened? Has he sinned? No, no, because we get tempted all the time, right? Jesus was tempted in all points yet without sins. So being tempted doesn't mean... If he went, oh my God. 
goodness. Okay, I'm going back in. I've got to go back in. If he would have just stopped there. If we would just stop at the sea and then warning. But what did he do? He took her. That's what it says. Took her. And, and when it says he took her and she came and he lay with her. And when she purified herself from cleanliness, she returned to her house. Listen, they've done, they've done all the spiritual stuff. Oh, I'm going to purify myself from this uncleanliness. Well, that ought to help. You know? So what did he do? He saw, he wanted, he took, and then what did he try to do? He tried to hide it. In fact, when you get to 2 Samuel chapter 12, 11 and 12, God says, you did it in secret. He tried to hide it. But God knows. And so when we think about these people, every one of them, we said, we said that, that's us. We see it. We want it, we take it, we hide it, right? Is that true with all of us? It is. So let's think about this. Expect temptation. Expect it. It's coming. It comes daily from the world, the flesh, the devil, the whole thing. The devil controls the world system. The world system affects our flesh. There is going to be that. We're going to have a pattern. Recognize the pattern. What's going to happen? What are we going to happen? What's the pattern? We're going to see it. We're going, there's something going to attract us in some way. It may not always be visual, but that's what the idea is. And then what? Then, we got, then we're going to be affected. We're going to go, wow. And then we're going to, this is what we got to do is what? You got to stop right there. You got to stop right there. But then what do we do? Susie said, no, we got to take it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's right. And so what happens? And then what do we do? We hide it. Oh, my gracious. And this is, breaks our hearts. So here's what we got to do. Stop the progression. Stop the progression because however how we respond, it's either going to be victory or failure. Victory or failure. Now, what do we do when we fail? Well, we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that doesn't mean we're not going to fail. Sometimes we are. But sometimes we're going to gain victory, especially if we know what's coming. 